All right, second episode of the Play Action Pod. We're coming live from you in Gainesville. We're going to talk about what we saw from these week one games. There were some crazy finishes, some heartbreaking finishes for us specifically. I know our Utes lost this week, but we'll cover on that. We're also going to talk about some expectations we have from teams after week one, but I think I think we're just going to start from Thursday's games. Let's see. West Virginia Pitt. West Virginia went at Pitt. Pitt won 38-31. What do you think about that game? This was, a, this was a fun game. I didn't really catch most of this game, but I caught the end of it. We have the USC Reject Bowl. We've got Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels going at it, both former USC QBs. Obviously, JT went to Georgia and then up to West Virginia. But this was a this was a crazy game. I didn't realize how big this rivalry is with uh, West Virginia and Pitt, the backyard brawl, they call it. Oh. I didn't really realize how big it was. But that place was rocking. You know, JT Daniels threw a pretty textbook pass, um, tipped off his receiver's hands. Pitt takes it to the house. Man, that was wild. Yeah. That team was going crazy, but yeah, that was a pretty good game. Pretty exciting. Came down to the wire. Um, I think the most interesting part was watching the pit coach at the end talk about his team and how disappointed he was. And I was like, man, you just won a football game. But <laughs> he was pretty upset with his team's performance, so we'll kind of see how Pitt looks in week two then. Yeah, we, we didn't get much time to watch these games, obviously, because we were in Gainesville getting ready for the Utah game. But we're going we're gonna to look over – the results of those and our reactions on those games. Let's see. What was, what was the other game on Thursday? Penn state Purdue is another good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Penn state got the win 35 to 31 on the road uh, for the season opener. It's a big 10 matchup for the season opener. It's pretty weird. Yeah. They had a couple of those. They had, you know, obviously Northwestern Nebraska and Ireland, um, Illinois, Indiana was another one. Mm-hmm. They seem to like those week one yeah. kind of matchups, get them out of the way. But, man, I've never seen a quarterback go from probably one of the most hated guys in the team to most loved so quick. Oh, yeah, because then he overthrow. He, he sailed one sailed. right over his wide receiver. Um, a pretty easy pick. And I think they took it for six. They called it the puke six. Yeah, because the guy just bent over and threw, threw up, right up after the pick Yucked six. right after it. And I was like. I was like, man, Sean Clifford really didn't really improve it. He had actually a pretty good game. Yeah. 20 for 37, 282, four tutties, and then obviously that interception. But, but after, after he the, threw yeah, that. After that, they came back and had the game-winning drive, right? I think he went six for seven on that drive, um, led his team right down the field. He threw a beauty. They, threw, they ran like a little halfback wheel um, out the backfield, and the running back just smoked his coverage. And he lobbed it right over the top and got the touchdown. But, yeah, Penn State – Kind of, that's a big win for them on the. That's kind of a big win for them. Get yeah. the season going on, going in the right direction, especially yeah. with the winning conference, with how yeah. tight that conference is going to yeah, be. That conference is super competitive. So I don't think they can be too upset about that one. Yeah, it's a good way to start the season, but pretty big win. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's really any games we're going to talk about as far as like Friday night. So we'll just jump into Saturday. I think obviously Bama. Beat Utah State 55-0. Bryce Young put up some good stats. What did he have? He had 
He had 195 yards, five tutties though. I think he uh, rushed for, for one too. I think he rushed for 100 yards and a touchdown oh, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, he rushed so. for 100 yards one touchdown. Starting that Heisman campaign, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely right out the gate. Um, that's kind of what we expected from Bama against the Utah State team. I thought Utah State would at least put up a touchdown or put up some points on the board. but Yeah, Alabama literally ran <laughs> ran through that team. Yeah. 41-0 at halftime, kind of let off the gas. Mm-hmm. Just kind of smooth sailing the rest of the way, but yeah, you know, we expected Alabama to win that game, but they really didn't really put too yeah, much effort really into it. It looks like so. And then the game of the week, well, what they expected to be the game of the week: Notre Dame, Ohio State. Kind of like lower scoring game than we expected. We thought it was going to be like up in the forties. Yeah, Notre at least Dame, for Ohio State, but it was Notre- more a defensive battle. Yeah, Notre Dame really put a better effort in than I thought they were going to. Um, I think even at one point they were up 10-7, kind of controlling that game late into the third. But to slow down that Ohio State offense is is something. Yeah, I mean, they locked down um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, only had three yards on two receptions. Yeah, he was basically a non-factor. But I think the big key going into the season for Ohio State was, you know, those other receivers. Yeah. And they sure kind of – they showed out. You know, yeah, Mecca, Marvin Buka, Harrison, yeah, nine receptions, ninety yards, and a tutty, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Obviously, five receptions, fifty-six yards. So, if they can kind of take some of the strain off of Smith and Jigba, I think that's just going to make Ohio State. Yeah, because they'll, they'll put their best defender on in Jigba, and then oh yeah, it's kind of up to the rest. If you can't get anything going, but yeah, like I think Notre Dame. I think that's got to be. Obviously, you're never happy to lose a game, but I think that's definitely yeah. a game that they're looking back saying, hey, we, you know, we gave a pretty good effort. Yeah. You know, if we can get the offensive side of the ball moving, because mm-hmm. the defense, you know, they seem to play pretty well. Yeah, no, holding Ohio State to 21, that's a success in my eyes. Yeah, especially on the road, too, in that hostile environment. So they were up 10 to 7 at halftime. No, yeah. Like, obviously, you know, they had the new quarterback, Tyler Buckner. Um, he didn't. He didn't do anything too special, it looks like. No. Same with the running game. It looks like they didn't really get the running game going either. But I think Notre Dame's question marks going into the rest of the season, how can they get this offensive moving now? Yeah. Because it seemed like the defense put in a really, really good effort. Mm-hmm. So they got to figure out how to get this offensive going and honestly maybe even make a run You know, towards, towards the playoff, towards the end of the season. I mean, their schedule doesn't look too hard. They got Marshall next week. They got Cal at home. Then they go to North Carolina. They played 25 BYU at home. Then they got teams like Stanford. Then they got Clemson at home. And then they play at USC to finish the season. I mean, they could they could definitely go like 11-1 to finish the season. No, yeah. Like the schedule's there for them, you know. Because yeah. if you're an 11-1 team and your loss is on the road in Columbus to Ohio yeah. State, I think the committee's going to think pretty high of you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if they can just run the table, get a win over you know a pretty solid Clemson team, I guess we get to see them play tonight. Yeah. Um, and then you know USC, they looked pretty good on Saturday, so that'd be a good win for Notre Dame as well. Mm. And then obviously BYU in that neutral site game in in Las Vegas. So it's a neutral site. So yeah, we'll we'll kind of see it from Notre Dame, but it seemed like their defense put out a really good effort. You know, it's time to see kind of what the offense can do going into the rest of the season, yeah. but. For sure. All I, right. Should 
Should we talk about Oregon, Georgia? Um, yeah, let's go right into it. Yeah. Let's talk about talk about those duckies. Yeah. <laughs> what a game for them. Yeah, what a great opening game for the Ducks. Losing 49-3, neutral site game in Atlanta, Georgia. Technically a home game, I guess. But, wow. That one surprised me a little bit. I thought that Bo Nix would be a little bit more impressive. But Georgia just took care of business. I mean... I love it close. I want to pretend to be like like I'm definitely surprised at the scoreline. I didn't expect Oregon to get walloped forty nine to three, but did we really expect much from Bo Nix though? Yeah, like I think Bo Nix. There was a lot of ex- expectations for him from like people just just based off the fact that he comes from an SEC team. He's played teams like Georgia, you know, like they expected him a lot from him just just for. Just for those reasons, not specifically the fact that his skill set as a quarterback. It was just the fact that he came from, you know, an SEC team. But I don't know. We didn't. We didn't really see that. I'd say we we, really. we caught a little bit of it. Yeah, when we, we were at the tailgates in Gainesville. But and even listening to some Florida fans, you know, they were kind of all laughing because you know they they've seen Bo Nix play yeah. for a couple of years, so they kind of knew what Oregon was getting. Yeah, and. I don't know. It's just it seems weird for a team of Oregon stature because when I think of you know Oregon, I think one of the better teams in the nation. Yeah, it just seems weird that they can't get the quarterback position figured out, especially yeah. last year with Anthony Brown, and this year you know Bonix, oh, he threw a duck. Yeah, <laughs> it was like triple coverage. Yeah, I think uh, we caught a glimpse of the game, and that was like the one thing we saw was him throw a duck into triple coverage for an interception. It was terrible. One of his two picks. Threw for 173 yards, 21 for 37. I mean, not that impressive. Did you see the video with the uh, Oregon offensive coordinator? No, I didn't. It's, it, it's like a side-by-side with the Oregon offensive coordinator and then that play. Oh, yeah. And Risey throws it. You, he just yells in his mic. He's like, Bo! <laughs> <laughs> and it's, oh, man. it's. But I just don't yeah. – it was, it was zone coverage. You know, they dropped – I think it was a couple linebackers and then a corner into the yeah. coverage, and he just threw right at – he threw right at the guy. The real question is, like, is he going to still win that starting position? Are they going to bring in that five-star backup? I don't know why Ty Thompson isn't playing. Yeah. Especially last year with with Anthony Brown. Brown. Uh, It sounds like Oregon fans have been begging for him to get a chance. He's the highest quarterback recruit that they've ever had. I think, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. One of the better quarterback recruits they've gotten. And I don't know why he can't get on the field, you know. Yeah, there There must be be something. something going on. Yeah, there must be something going on. Because even like even just looking at you know the box score, because he was he was on the roster last year. They just didn't play him behind Anthony Brown. I mean, Anthony Brown wasn't that impressive either. Yeah, so something's happening in yeah. Eugene. I don't know what it is, but hopefully we get to see him. I, I mean, I want to see Oregon. I want to see Oregon be good. You know, yeah, I want to see Oregon be good. Because like talent's not the problem. You know, their yeah. roster's flooded with talent. It's just, but. I guess a, a big shout out's got to go out to Stetson Bennett. Yeah, um, had a great game. I didn't think he was special last year. I think he just kind of got the job done, and then Georgia's yeah. defense would finish. But he played really good. Um, Twenty-five, thirty-one. You know, ninety-seven point three QBR. Can't really ask too much more from your QB. Yeah. Um, and then, oh man, we have to talk about that video of uh, uh, Eric Gilbert running over the. Oregon defender and then hurdling him. Oh yeah, yeah. The six seven. Oh yeah, the yeah, tight six end. seven two seventy. 
That's unreal, man. That's unreal athleticism. Yeah, so tight end catches it on the end, just runs a dude over. Keep in mind, this dude's six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds, and then just hurdles a guy. I mean, unreal athleticism for someone of that stature. Maybe it wasn't Eric Gilbert, but yeah, that video was unreal. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that Oregon team looks. I mean, that Georgia team looks scary. Yeah, and say so I think I think that's probably what the topic really needs to be is less about you know how disappointing Oregon was, but but how, how impressive yeah Georgia was. Yeah, um, I like that take. Seems like they didn't lose a beat on defense, but. So I don't know. Maybe Georgia kind of heard the question marks and yeah about about their defense playoff talk and stuff like that. They really answered. Yeah. So shout out to shout out to Georgia. Yeah, playing good in in that week one game. All right, Sam Houston at six, Texas A and M. A and M only won thirty one to zero. I mean, we had high expectations for this team, who has the number one recruiting class this year, only put up thirty one points. Only 14 points in the second half against a Sam Houston team. What are your thoughts? Um, I got Texas A&M in the playoff. I think Texas A&M should have a good year. Um, But honestly, I wouldn't really read too much into it. Yeah. Opening week, you know, you can always have a little kind of, not like letdowns, but, you know, maybe you're still putting pieces together. Yeah. With Texas A&M having a lot of pieces, you know, they might still be putting some pieces together. So Yeah, they're pretty young. I think the fact that they shut him out, held him to zero, is yeah. is more kind of the talking point. But, yeah, I wouldn't really read too much into this okay. Texas A&M game. You know, they just, they did what they had to do to get the job done. Yeah, That's kind of really all that matters. So We'll see. What's what's next week looking like for them? I'm curious. They play Appalachian State. And then they got Miami at home and then Arkansas at home. So that's, a couple big games coming up. Yeah, and say that's it. Arkansas looked pretty good in their yeah, game against Cincinnati. We'll talk about that one in a sec, but. Yeah, so Texas A&M, I think they'll kind of look at it as, you know, job done, on to the next week. Yeah. Um, getting ready for a big season ahead for them. So. Should we talk <laughs> Utah, Florida, or should we save that? Let's go Let's go Cincinnati, Arkansas first. Okay. Talk a little bit about um, that Cincinnati team. Yeah. Because I think we all kind of knew it was going to be tough for them. Was that, was that a Thursday night game? No, that was, uh, I think it was mid-Saturday. Yeah, mid Saturday. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, on the road in Arkansas, and Cincinnati actually put up a better fight than I thought they would. Really? I thought. Yeah, I know. I, I had Arkansas winning by a field goal, but that was kind of more just for, for spreads. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't. I didn't actually think Cincinnati would go in and kind of make it that competitive of a game. Yeah, Cincinnati. They kind of came back there in the second half. They didn't score in the first half. They were down fourteen zero. Put up 17 points in the third, and then Arkansas just got it done, won by a touchdown. But Ben Bryant put up some good numbers. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play a bad game. Um, 325, a couple tutties, interception. Yeah, you know, not too bad. Can't really ask too much from your quarterback mm. in its first start. For I, we were watching game day, and I didn't know that Ben Bryant was at Cincinnati. Then he transferred away. And then came back for the season. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I didn't know that either. He was. Uh, what did he transfer to? I want to say it was like it was Eastern Michigan or something like that. Really, and then but he came back after that year. Yeah, came Last back to Cincinnati, and you know now he's a starting guy. I thought that was kind of interesting, but seemed like they struggled running the ball. Yeah, you know, thirty-one. I guess four yards carry isn't too bad, but I think that was one of their one of their strengths last year. 
on offense. And yeah, I don't know. I think Cincinnati is going to be a team that's going to have to figure it out if they want to to make a run to yeah. maybe like a New Year's Six. But I don't think they should be too upset with losing to a good Arkansas team on the road, yeah. especially only by seven. I agree. Arkansas schedules. It's going to get tough pretty soon. I mean, they got the SEC schedule play at Texas A&M week four, and then they come home and play Bama. You think you think they'll give them a run for their money? Or yeah, this Arkansas team looks tough. You know, they played. You know, scheduling a top twenty-five matchup week one is always tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looks like Raheem Sanders had a game twenty twenty carries, one hundred seventeen yards. So, yeah, we'll see how they navigate that tough SEC schedule. But Arkansas could be one of those um, dark bubble. horse teams. Yeah, like a bubble in the SEC. Team. Yeah, it really just depends on how they play against teams like A&M and Bama. But... Uh, I, I guess before we jump into Utah-Florida, because we're going to talk about that one for a bit. Yeah. Let's talk about that Florida State-LSU game last oh, night. Oh, wow. Man, what dude. A game. That was... That's kind of why we waited to do this podcast until Monday because we wanted to talk about this Sunday night game. But that was a lot more exciting of a game than I yeah. thought we were going to get. I thought Seriously. it was going to be two like you know average teams just going at it. Yeah, but before we jump into anything, what were your impressions on Jaden Daniels? I mean, transfer from Arizona State on how he played. He actually, he actually played better than I thought he would. Um, we know how dangerous it is with his legs. Yeah, that's got to be. That's his best um, attribute for sure. But he even threw the ball, you know, pretty efficient. 26-35, 209, and a couple tutties. Especially on that last drive. I mean, no, yeah, he, he was, couldn't run. He was throwing the ball the whole time. Yeah, he was throwing pretty good. Um, but yeah, he made, made plays with his legs when he had to. 16 carries, 114 yards. He played a lot more solid than I thought he was. And maybe yeah. that's kind of down to ASU not really using him to his strengths. But yeah. He played a lot better than I thought he was going to, and I think you know he's actually got a pretty bright future in um yeah Louisiana. Yeah, I think he definitely wins that starting job going into week two. But I think it was special teams that killed LSU. I mean, two muffed punts, yeah, and then obviously the missed PAT, the blocked PAT at the end, just a completely missed. Or and they missed was it two other field goals? Um, I think it was one each. I know Florida State missed one. Oh, yeah. And then LSU missed one as well. And then they had the extra point that they missed. But yeah. it seemed like down the stretch of that game, neither team wanted to win that football yeah, game. Yeah, they were trying to let the other team win. They had the they had the muff punt, and then they're down at the goal line, and they pitch it. I don't know why you're pitching the ball yeah, on the, at the goal, goal line. line. That's and just, then they just drop it. Yeah, that's just asking for disaster. Yeah, it just lands in the lap of the LSU team, and then they just stop down the field. Score a touchdown with zeros on the clock, and then PAT dude just misses his block on the out the left side. Gets blocked. Gets blocked. I mean that was crazy. That was that's gonna be one of the craziest finishes of the year. Oh yeah, just for to sure. start off week one. And Brian Kelly's got to be really disappointed. You know he wanted to obviously start his LSU tenure yeah. with a win, but you know his team his team didn't really look like they wanted to win that game last night. That so. one hurts. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how they bounce back, but I think LSU will be pretty good. They might use that as fuel, as well as like a Utah team who kind of loses in heartbreak fashion. I think I don't know. Some teams 
just bounce back after something like that happens. Yeah. Them. You know, it's for LSU, it's going to be, you know, how are they going to bounce back or are they going to let that ruin their, their season? So, yeah, we'll kind of, we'll kind of have to keep an eye on LSU. But yeah, Jane Daniels, I think he played a lot better than um, we both thought he would. So yeah. shout out to him and I uh, hope he has a good rest of his season yep. for LSU. All right. On to the big one. Okay, on to the big one. Utah, Florida. I mean, obviously, we're in Gainesville. We got to be a part of SEC country. And we'll kind of touch on our thoughts on, you know, being in this type of environment. It was it was nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, it was crazy loud. Um, the fans are rowdy, of course. 91,000. It was, it was the most, most fans for a home opener for Florida who – Keeps their streak going for most home opening wins. Oh, man. This one just hurts. I mean, for you as a Utah fan, we're, we're going to try to keep the bias out of it. But, man, it was, a, it was a similar heartbreak to the Rose Bowl. You know, I mean, Cam Rising, he, he played a pretty good game. He wasn't as accurate as we expected him to be. But Anthony Richardson definitely won the quarterback battle. That dude's going to be special this year. That dude's insane. Yeah, he's like, ridiculous. Once he gets going, too, I know he had that 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. Just watching him going, I was like, nobody's bringing that man down. Like, he's just going to easy scamper his way into the end zone. It's going to be interesting to see what teams can tackle that man. Because, I mean, we could not tackle. We just oh, could not tackle. Not not even a chance at tackling that man. Yeah. And, you know, what a start to his, you know, potential Heisman campaign, you know? Mm. First game, new coach. Beat a top ten team at home. That's gonna be that's gonna be the kickstart to hopefully a great season for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I agree. But but I mean, the for, Utes they did look good. I mean, it is a away game against an SEC team. So I'm I'm not too disappointed of how the Utes look. I mean, the weaknesses are definitely fixable. I know that's something we talked about before, but. Man, it was just – just the end was just, you know, tough. Well, first off, like big props to Florida, man. They know how to – they know how to throw a party down in Gainesville. Oh, yeah. That stadium was loud. The tailgating was crazy. Um, even a lot of the interactions we had with Florida fans I thought yeah. were pretty good. Yeah. A lot of them were pretty respectful. Um, but, yeah, that – when that stadium gets going, man, that stadium is loud, dude. It's deafening. And it's it's a tough place to play for sure. And the fans sit literally right on the field. I mean, the sidelines and the stands is like a ten yard difference. So I mean, it's definitely loud on the field. Oh yeah, they're those fans feel like they're right on top of you, especially right. when they get going, especially when they yell. But yeah, shout out to Billy Napier, man. Um, it was pretty apparent what he wants to do in Florida, and he wants to. You know, he wants to run the ball. Yeah. Especially with his his dual threat quarterback. He wants to run the ball. And Utah didn't have an answer for the run all night. And that just opens up so many different things. I mean, Anthony Richardson would run the play action and then he could either run it or just dump it off to the guy who's falling in with the route. And it we just couldn't stop them. It was similar to the Rose Bowl. Like it was and I don't think like Utah's offense got picked up in the second half as well. I mean, I don't think either team was going to stop him. It was just going to – who was going to make that first big mistake? And it just happened to be Utah at the end of the game. Yeah. 
that's kind of what the second half was leaning towards. You know, they were scoring, we were scoring. It was going to come down to who had the ball last. And once we got the ball and we started driving, I was like, man, like, you know, Cam Rising's really going to, he's going to get this done for us. And man, just looking over that pick again. It's tough, man. It's tough because now we know how the Seahawks felt. No, yeah. Back in 2016, Super Bowl. Well, it makes you wonder too, maybe if Utah has a timeout, you know, maybe they do run that ball. Yeah, there's just instead of trying to squeeze one into a tight window. But even then I didn't feel I didn't feel like he had to do that. You know, we had the we had the field goal in in our bag. It was going to overtime at the minimum. It was yeah, it was worst case scenario. We go to overtime. The only so, thing you can't do is just turn the ball over there. Yeah, you, you I think, cannot turn the ball over. I mean, over if you there. watch the clip, Cam Rising, he doesn't even look he he doesn't look anywhere else. He's just looking at that one route. Yeah, he's got he's got Dalton Kincaid in his sights. And he's he's you know, he's throwing it. And you know, if it works, you know, you're praising the man. Yeah, you know, you're praising what a throw, you know, what a win. But, you know, this unfortunately just it didn't work out for him. But yeah, Utah was Utah was interesting in the first half. Um, kind of struggled. They obviously had that the perfect start to the game. Yeah. Um we kick off to them. You know, they get a little momentum going. They're driving down the field. Then we get the fumble and have a pretty good return off of it and then end up punching it in for seven. That's that's as good as a start you want, you know. Yeah. Take a little – take the. I thought that would take the crowd a little bit out of the game, but it really didn't. You know, they really came came back full force even after that. But that's literally a perfect start to the game. And then kind of just a little bit of back and forth there. Yeah, just – I mean, it was 14-13 going into the second half. And then obviously, we I think we put up two field goals in the third quarter. That was it. And then... Or no, we had the, we had the touchdown and then got stuffed on the two. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. we got the touchdown. Got stuffed on the went two. Went for two. And there's a lot of controversy on whether or not we should have went for two there. I like the decision. Yeah, you, I think okay. you have to. You have to. Now, it's 19-14. You know, yeah. you want to make it seven-point game. Because if you make it six, it's like... All they got to do is, you know, score a touchdown, get the field goal, and it's over. Yeah. So I don't, I don't fault the decision. The play was, you know, a little questionable. It was that double yeah. handoff, yeah. um, kind of dropped the ball. So maybe not the best play call on the two point conversion, but you know, then it was Anthony Richardson taking over. Yeah. He took over that whole fourth quarter. I, what do you like? How do you think this Florida team is going to be after this after this win? I mean, they got Kentucky at home next week. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Are they a 10-win team, you think? I think it'll be interesting to see how they play against Kentucky because obviously opening day, new coach, you got a lot of momentum you're riding into that opener, especially with a top-10 team coming in. Like, How can you not be excited to play in that football game? Yeah. But if Florida takes care of business at home again with Kentucky coming in, yeah, I think this Florida team could be kind of serious. Yeah. I think they could easily be you know, a 9-win team. I think it's maybe even a 10 win team. I don't think there's any question about Anthony Richardson, but can this team run the ball and can they defend? I think that's going to be kind of the the game changer for them. I think in close games, you will be able to see Anthony Richardson take over like he did in the fourth quarter and win him games. Because, you know, when he gets going, he generally looks unstoppable. He reminds me, he reminds me of Cam Newton a little bit. You know, I know that was a comparison, but. He genuinely reminds me of Cam Newton when he gets going with the ball. Super athletic, really special player. I mean, that two point conversion where he had that that jump spin, it looked like a like a basketball move, and flinged it to the wide open receiver in the end zone. That was ridiculous. Utah had two free blitzers coming off that edge, 
and neither of them could bring him down. And then, you know, obviously the throw is, it was textbook. It was easy. Yeah. Wide open in the back of the end zone. But yeah, it's like, it's almost like he runs kind of in slow motion sometimes though. Yeah. Cause he just like sheds tacklers and gets around them. Big dude. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's going to be tough to bring him down. I'm just confused on why he didn't start last year. Yeah. Why, why was Emory Jones playing over that guy? Don't know. Emory Jones kind of looked poor in his opener with ASU, but I have no idea how that dude wasn't starting last year. Yeah, he's so, ridiculous. Yeah, he, and I think that's you know going to be the expectation for Anthony Richardson down the road is you know we're going to expect him to to play like he did in game one. Yeah, because you know he was he was really really special. Did the Utes bounce back? For sure. Um, I don't really want to. I don't really want to say that this is not a disappointing loss because it is because Utah definitely had the chances to win the game, you know, missed a lot of tackles kind of, you know, they should have punched that one in on the goal line that they got stuffed on. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's credit to Florida, you know, being stout on defense, but I think this is, I think there's a lot that Utah can learn from this game. Um, And I think it will prepare them for the rest of the season. You know, we got a couple, we got two more, you know, non-con games and they're both kind of gimmies, you know, SUU at home. San Diego State at home. Rematch. Win both of those, get into Pac-12 play. With Oregon not looking as impressive against that Georgia team, I think it's kind of only a two-horse race between USC and Utah. Yeah. So everything's still to play for. Take care of business in the Pac-12. And, you know, go to a Pac-12 championship game, win the Pac-12, and, you know, you're going to the Rose Bowl again. Yeah. Is the playoff out of possibilities? I don't think so. But I think it's going to be even – I think it's hard. It's going to be super hard for Utah to run the table, win 12 yeah. straight games, and get into the playoff. I won't rule it out, though. I mean, their schedule isn't looking too tough. I mean, Oregon wasn't looking as impressive. So the trip to Eugene isn't as scary as it seemed at the beginning of the season. But I think October 15th is just a date we got sched- or circled on our calendar as far as, like, that's going to be the game. I think that Utah – wins up until that week i mean they do have ucla on the road which will be a test but i don't know that that'll i think that's going to be the game that determines where this team is going to go going into the postseason yeah we talked about a little bit in week one i said you know last three years or last three big season for utah they've always had that one game that they just kind of drop on the road that they shouldn't so we'll see if they have that same kind of syndrome um, this season. You know, with UCLA on the road is one that I circled, and Wazoo on the road was another one that I circled. So we'll see how they do in those games. You know, they got to take care of business leading up to USC, and then of course they got to win that USC game, and then they got to finish the season strong. Is twelve and zero the rest of the way impossible? No, but it's going to be really, really, really yeah. difficult. So we're going to have to see them. Be able to run the ball more efficiently. And that's crazy even saying because, you know, 39 carries for 230 yards. Yeah. You know, six yards a carry is is very, very good. But I think I want to see Utah be more of a more of an efficient running team like they were in that second half. And then, you know, Cam had a little bit of problems throwing the ball yeah. early in the first. It kind of picked up a little bit in the second half. So we want to see him be be accurate as we know he can be. Yeah, and then you know Dalton Kincaid was a little quiet in Week One for me. Keithy kind of shined though. Keithy shined. I want to see both of them shine. I want to yeah. see Keithy shine. I want to see Kincaid shine. They obviously have big seasons to prove. 
So I don't think Utah season's over by any stretch of the imagination. We'll see what happens with that AP poll. We'll probably talk about that yeah. in week two. We'll see where they have Utah dropping to. I wouldn't think it'd be any farther than than 14 or 15, or at least I would hope it wouldn't be, because I think Florida is probably a ranked team next next week. I think going into that, it's going to be fun watching Florida and not having to like hate them because yeah. I, I like that team. Yeah. They're going to be fun to watch. They're the very fun to watch. And I think that they have the chance to, you know, maybe, maybe surprise a couple teams in the SEC. Yeah. Cause you know, like we said, Anthony Richardson's a bad, bad man. So yeah. I think, you know, shout out to Florida, shout out to the environment, you know, SEC country is, is legit. Yeah. We you thought right. Seckles got loud, but I mean, 91,000 and they're all just crazy. Yeah, SEC, SEC country is so is different. You know, it's a different monster. So shout out to Florida. You know, they played a really good game. And, you know, I wish them the very best the rest of the season. Yeah. So and I think one thing I want to talk about for next week is college game day going to Alabama and Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's obviously the marquee game of the week next week. A little controversial as, you know, Texas isn't a ranked team. Alabama is obviously number one. I bet they sneak in the AP top twenty-five, though. I mean, with this new poll, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a possibility for sure. But I think it's interesting that they picked Alabama and Texas over maybe like a ranked Baylor and a ranked BYU. Yeah. So what do you what do you kind of expect from you know Texas? Because they kind of took care of business this week. Didn't really have too much problems with UL Monroe. But what, yeah, do you, what do you I, think in going into Alabama? What are your expectations? I I really don't know. I mean. It's kind of just, I mean, you, you can't really take much from a team when they play a team like UL Monroe, but, I mean, we got Quinn Ewers coming in, transfer from Ohio State. I don't know. I just, I think that Bama looks way too good, and I think Bryce Young, after week one, he just looks unreal. So I I think Bama might have a little bit of trouble on the road, but they're just too experienced, and I don't expect Texas to win this game. I don't really necessarily expect it to be close either. You know, I just think Bama is too good. Like we knew Bama was good, but I think I think they kind of showed us that they might even be. You know, we were we were always saying it was you know Alabama and Ohio State, one A one B, but it might just be Alabama. You know, obviously it's Week One. You know, you really can't take too much from Week One games, but Alabama looked really really solid, and. I think for the big thing for Texas next week is Bijan Robinson, their star running back. He's got to have a good game against that Alabama team yeah. because you're gonna look, you're gonna be looking to run the ball and run it efficiently and kind of you know take some clock with you, control time of possession. But that's that's good, that's going to be an interesting game. I'm gonna definitely tune into that Alabama Texas game and kind of see you know how Texas does in that first kind of big big game for that football team. Yeah, and I think next week we'll kind of have better coverage as far as like our knowledge on the games because we really didn't get to watch a lot of these games between uh, tailgating and Gainesville. And I mean, the Utah game was at the same time as the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. But yeah, what a week one. I mean, some of these games were crazy to start off the season. I wouldn't expect anything less from college football. But... Yeah, we'll we'll see how things go week two. Yeah, I'm excited. I I'm know. excited. I'm glad it's back, and I'm glad we get to cover it. I mean, yeah. 
And wait, let's talk about let's talk about that new format. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, the playoff format. format. Might as well. I mean, you want to give a quick description of how it's going to work? Yeah. So it sounds like they're going from four to twelve. Um, initially, it's twenty twenty six, but I know that they're pushing for twenty twenty four. And I think the big thing is automatic qualifiers. Yeah, for the Power Five, and then I, I believe it's the best or the highest ranked team. Um, or the highest ranked champion of the group of six. Okay. Or group of five. Gets an automatic bid. Gets an automatic, automatic bid as well. So I think that's very, very interesting, especially for realignment too. Because, you know, I know we have, especially Pac-12 buyers, we have Washington and Oregon that are kind of filling out the Big Ten. Yeah. Is that something they really want to do now? Knowing that you can probably win a very mediocre Pac-12 and get into the playoff every year? Yeah. So I think that's really, really big. And another thing that was really big that I took from it was campus games. Man, we're gonna have oh, yeah. we're gonna have good campus games into December. I know it's gonna be fun, you know, maybe maybe if Utah sneaks into the playoff one year. Yeah, it'll be interesting though, playing middle of December. Middle of December in games Salt Lake City. Those games are gonna be cold. Those games I mean it's never happened, so it'll be interesting. Those campus games, playoff games will go crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about an opening, an opener for Florida. I mean, packed stadiums, big games. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and they, I think they did like a little example of what it would have looked like last year. And it had, it was Alabama, Alabama, Cincinnati, Baylor, and one other team had buys. Yes, and then it's the top four get a buy, right? Top four get a buy, and then everybody else had um, campus games. Yeah, and some of those matchups were amazing. I know it was Georgia and Pitt in Athens. That would that would be a really solid yeah. game. You know, Kenny Pickett traveling down to Georgia to play against that stud defense. Oh, Ohio State or Michigan was the other one. Yeah, Michigan was the last one. But yeah, and then it had I believe it was Notre Dame and Utah going to South Bend. You think about some of these teams, though it's like a, it's like a three game extension to their season. Oh yeah, no yeah, and then it's huge. Ohio State had Michigan State. That was another crazy one because I know yeah. the two Big Ten teams going at it. But yeah, I think this will be in the long run. I think it'll be really good for college football. I, I think you know maybe in the early couple seasons it'll be tough to adapt for you know kind of picking up the new format. But I think it spices things up. But do you, do you think it's still going to be the same four champions? I mean, as far as like it being Bama, Georgia, you know, Clemson, Ohio State. I don't know because I think when you only have to win one game and then you go into a national championship, it's a lot easier in my opinion because all you have to do is, you know, prepare really well for that one game. And then when it becomes a national championship game, everything, everything kind of goes out the window and it's, it's which team can perform the best on the day. Yeah. But now that you have basically a round of 12 game on yeah. campus, that's going to spice things up. Yeah, that up. will spice things up. Especially if you have to, you know, travel to a place that you've never played in before. You know, if you if you're say, you know, Pitt, how many times has Pitt played at Georgia? Yeah. You know, that will be you get whole new matchups. Whole new matchups, whole new upsets. But I think I think you will see, you know, Alabama dominate it for a little bit, you know, Ohio State dominate it for a little bit. But I think as it kind of goes on, 
I think you're going to see teams, you know, that are maybe really, really hungry, but maybe they had, you know, a couple early season losses. Yeah. I think you're going to maybe see them play really well down the yeah. stretch and, you know, win some of those playoff games. So I think it's going to be really good for the sport. Yeah, you I, can't really complain as college football fans. I mean, it's just more football. More football, more exactly. Football. How could and you be upset? Top about ten that? matchups. I mean, you can't really can't really complain. Can't complain at all. So I think it'll be really good for the sport. And I'm interested to see if they, you know, get it put in for twenty twenty four instead yeah. of twenty twenty six. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and say get it get it in as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Because it saves conferences like the Pac twelve that are just falling apart. Oh yeah. Like I don't know how you could really hate it as a Pac-12 fan. You know, hopefully it keeps Oregon and Washington with you. And then maybe you bring in, you know, some other teams to yeah. kind of round out the conference. But I think for now, we, well, I guess we'll have to see kind of with contracts and stuff. But I think, I think realignment wise, I think, you know, all the conferences are safe for now. But yeah. I guess we'll kind of have to see how the playoff looks and, you know, kind of how those TV contracts look as well. What are they going to do about New Year's Six Bowls? I think that's the big loser for yeah. conference realignment. You know, obviously the Rose Bowl is kind of one of the more iconic ones. But I don't know. I think they're still going to alternate them um, every year like they've been doing. Really? For like the... Oh, okay. Like switching them in and switching out. Switching them in and out. Yeah. Gotcha. But I don't think all six of them are involved. So I think there will still be the playoff and a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Or like a playoff and a Sugar Bowl. But um, I don't know. They still got kind of that stuff to figure out. That'll be interesting. But we'll kind of see how it looks. But it, the thing that does suck is it kind of does make the Rose Bowl kind of irrelevant. Yeah. If the Pac-12 champion is going into, or even the Big 12, Big 10 champion, if they're going into the playoff, you're basically got, you know, team two from the Pac-12 playing, mm-hmm. you know, team two in the Big 10. So on that kind of standpoint, it is kind of kind of sad, but I think, you know, we're still going to have some great playoff games down yeah, the line. So I think I, I think overall it'll still be worth it. But Cool. All right. Well, you think that's a wrap for episode two? Yeah, wrap up week one, you know, yeah. get ready two. for week two, kind of look yeah. at matchups that we got coming up. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna crank out another episode for you guys um, this coming Wednesday. We'll, we'll kind of give a preview for what to expect for week two, but I'm – I was pretty. I was pretty hyped about week one. I thought that yeah. was a great week. We, if every week is like week one, yeah, we got a bright. Yeah, yeah, we got bright it. season. It, it'll be a great year. But anyways, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll, we'll see you in a couple of days.